0: Don't, don't put that in there i was trying to be funny but it didn't work oh <laughs> well, now i have to put that in there <laughs> okay
1: can we just pause first off we've had one hell of a week oh my gosh yes we have we didn't have brunch but we had some booze and it was great <laughs> i'm not a big like drinking person but we deserved a cocktail today Absolutely. And if you hear my dog whine, he's just jealous that he didn't get to come along.
0: (laughs) So I've actually been listening to a really good podcast lately. I've been binging it and like waiting for new episodes to come out as she like releases them. And it's called That Florida Feeling. So it hits close to home for me. And she's actually from like the Nashville area. So it's like weird. So she's from Nashville. And then now lives in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh. And I'm from Florida, and I live in Nashville. But anyways, it, the podcast is called That Florida Feeling, and it's really good. They do the history of theme parks. They talk about haunted Florida and, like, the folklore of Florida. Like, at pretty much, like, everything. It's it's really cool. Check out Jody from That Florida Feeling. Jody,
1: girl, listen. Me and Shelby on our bucket list, we really want to go to New Orleans. You need to come along. <laughs> Let's meet up. Let's do an episode in a haunted hotel. Oh, that would be fun. Shelby's not gonna want to stay there, but <laughs> well, we can meet up, and then we can go see, uh, go to that that weird museum where Eileen Warnose's panties are. She's That's from in Florida. Yeah, my my mom has met Eileen
0: Warnos. I know, but <laughs> we'll did she an didn't see her panties? <laughs> oh, God, don't you want to see her panties that she died in? That's totally normal. I don't know. My mom, did... so my mom used to work at this um, like campground. And she would let Eileen come and shower because she thought she was just this homeless lady, not this lady who's like committing murders throughout this national forest. Well, your mom was (laughs) a woman. She had nothing to worry about. True. (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe my mom did see your panties. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry, mom. Don't come at me. Your mom would. She'd be like, you want me to wash those for you? She totally would. My mom is that kind of mom, y'all. She's very sweet. Okay, so before we start talking about this case, I just have to ask you have you ever heard of the Nashville foot stomper? What? No. <laughs> Is it like Bigfoot? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, kind of. Is it a dance? No. Oh. Oh, so, oh God. Was it like violent? Yes. <gasps> so I had never heard of this person my entire life. And then my husband and I went and hung out with some friends last weekend. And I don't even know how I got on the subject, but she was just talking about how, like, her mom was this really pretty lady back in the 80s and how she was once a victim of the Nashville foot stomper. And I was like, who? And it was this man that would go around Nashville and he had, like, a fetish for stomping feet. Stomping feet? Yes, just, like, stomping on your feet. And he started this fetish from, like, he would, like, steal women's purses and stuff. And he would, like, stomp on their feet to, like, steal their purse and, like, belongings and stuff like that. Well, it turned into just, like, a fetish for him. So he would just go around and, like, stomp on women's feet. And Natalie, her, when it happened to her mom, her mom was just getting on a bus in Nashville. And he was outside the bus stop and he just walked up to her and stomped as hard as he could on her foot. He almost broke it. So Natalie's mom, like mine and Brady's friend Natalie, her mom was a victim of the Nashville foot stomper. He like plagued Nashville in like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You'll have to look him up. His name- Where the fuck is this guy? His name is George Mitchell. I'm not sure if he's still alive, but he plagued Nashville by stomping on women's feet for like 15 years. (laughs) Georgie. Oh, <laughs> he is not attractive either.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's fucking weird. People are weird. Like, I'm sorry if you look. You know, I don't. I don't mind if somebody wants to suck on my toe. Oh, God! Bit, but you uh, know, you're gonna be coming around stomping on it. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna hate this later because I hate when I do that voice. It doesn't sound bad when I'm saying it, but then when I listen to myself later, I'm like, cut. No, cut. I like that. I think it's cute. But I'll keep it in. <laughs> It adds color. I can't take you, girl. Look, you can't take the southern out of me. Mm-mm. No matter how hard I try, I swear. Whoa, weirdo. Yeah. Who stomps on feet? Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> if you're raising your hand right now, turn this podcast off. <laughs> we don't want you to listen. <laughs> There's this one lady. Okay, so, like, the, can we just talk about how bad the YouTube algorithm is? Because I, I've been listening to ASMR videos since, like, 2012. Mm-hmm. No joke. No joke. And now it's like really big and it didn't used to be and people used to think that I was like really weird. It is not a sexual thing.
0: No, cuz they did the commercial for the Super Bowl with ASMR. But Butter, but Bud light maybe. They did. They yeah. did with Cardi B, I think. But um
1: people capitalize on it and there's you know they turn it into something that it's not and it's not a sexual thing. But because of how things have gone on YouTube or Twitch and things like yeah. that with ASMR, I'm now getting, like, um, and I, you guys, I don't fucking look this up. <laughs> YouTube will, like, suggest, like, foot-tapping videos, and these girls have, like, seven-inch-long toenails, and I'm like, Ugh. what
0: the fuck is this, and why is it being recommended See, to me? that's why the Nashville Foot Stomper is not terrorized in Nashville anymore. It's just watching YouTube. <laughs> if he stomped on that bitch's foot, her- fingernails would crack <laughs> oh
1: she can barely walk I'm like how the fuck is this bitch it'll be like some lady it'll be just her feet and her toenails are longer than my finger fingers and she's walking on a boardwalk with high heels on and her toenails are like curling around the foot of like, the toe of her oh. shoe it's really weird and look you know what She's. I'm sure she's making bank but why is YouTube recommending this to me I don't look this up <laughs>
0: Man, could you imagine
1: stubbing your toe? (laughs) No, I can't. There's no way. She doesn't walk normally. She, like, walks flat-footed, you know? Yeah. Instead of toe to heel. Y'all be wild out there. (laughs) (laughs) Who has time? How do you wipe your ass? Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. Because I love long nails. I used to get my nails done all the time. I don't have time for that anymore because I have to type so much. But your toenails? Mm Mm-mm. And they're, like, hard as a rock. But yeah, acrylic toenails? No. They were, like, thick. I what mean, does she
0: do in the wintertime? It's cold. I don't know.
1: Maybe I should, like, comment on it since they keep suggesting it to me. Because now YouTube has this thing where...
0: If you have acrylic toes, let us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, can you please let us know how it works? Like, my nana... <laughs> my nana wears, like, fake toenails, but they're little. Like, because she has to. You should see the look I'm giving Carly right now. <laughs> She's old, okay? I don't know what happened. Something happened with her toenails. Okay, I don't know. But, like, so I've known people that, like, lose their toenails and they'll replace them with something yeah. fake. But they're, like, a normal length. You, don't, you know, yeah. they're not, like, yeah. jarring to look at. And it's not crazy. No, they look nice and manicured. Mm-hmm. But this ladies, I mean, they are thick as hell. Thick as my thighs. <laughs> Like, I can't. <laughs> clomp, 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 as she's walking, like, Fred Flintstone feet. Like Salem on the hardwood floor. <laughs> clack, clack, clack. I don't know what you're talking about. God, my dog. He's the worst when it comes to clipping nails. Anybody else can relate? <laughs>
0: if you have a wiener dog, shout out.
1: <laughs> They're so lovable and mean.
0: Okay, so what are we talking about today? Okay, so we're going to be talking about Ma Barker and her... Bob Barker? No! The
1: Price is Right! Oh, Come on gosh. down! <laughs> Pick me, Bob. I neutered my dog. God, that just traumatic because I always played at work. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. In the waiting room. It is. Oh, but I love it. I used to love watching The Price is Right. When I, <laughs> hey, speaking of Nana, when I go over to hang out with her, all we watch is either Amy Griffith or Wheel of Fortune.
0: <laughs> Wheel of... of Fortune.
1: <laughs> Have you seen that video of that lady farting? No. Oh she she goes to spin, and as she spins, she farts. She goes, oh, excuse me. And Pat Sajak goes, I didn't hear anything. No. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> right into the microphone. Oh, my God. Pat Sajak's like, oh, I, I didn't hear anything. It's okay anyways. You got 300. <laughs> Bless her I soul. would be
0: mortified farting on public television. Live TV? Yeah.
1: Oh my god. I would be like, yeah, that was me. Give me a thousand dollars, my embarrassment. Oh. Good God. <laughs> oh my god. Give me something for farting on national TV. Okay. Anyways. I'm I'm tired of interrupting
0: Shelby and I know you guys are too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're going to be talking about Ma and the Bloody Barkers. Oh. Have you ever heard of them? Ma? Is it related to the movie? Oh, you've seen the movie? I've, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I know about the movie. So it, the movie's based off of the true story. Okay. Okay, so Ma Barker was the mother to four famous criminals and a huge influence on the barker Carpus gang who would commit crimes such as auto theft, bank robberies, kidnappings for ransom, many assaults, and multiple murders. Damn, she's left a legacy. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Wow. So
1: is this going to be a two-parter? It is. Oh my god. This is our
0: first (laughs) two-parter.
1: We're graduating. (laughs) I should have got you some balloons. (laughs) Woohoo! I tell y'all every episode, Shelly does all this shit.
0: (laughs) She's the best. I try. She does really good. Well, you do all the editing, so... Okay, so today we're going to be talking about all the Barker brothers' crimes, but first let's start with the lady herself who brought these four little criminals into this world, the famous Ma Barker. Okay. And she was born by the name of Arizona Donnie Clark on October 8th, 1873 to parents John and Emmeline Clark. They were Scottish-Irish immigrants, and she was sometimes known to go by the name of Ari. She didn't always go by Arizona. She went by a lot of names, and we'll get to all of that. She was born in the Ozark Mountain Communities in Ashgrove, Missouri. Hmm. She had a pretty normal childhood. Her parents did struggle a little, and the family was known to be kind of poor, but she did grow up very normal. In her childhood, she would regularly attend church on Sundays, and outside of school, she was actively involved in her church socials, and she enjoyed playing the fiddle. I don't know if she knew Devil went down to Georgia, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shelby's full of jokes, but I was also going to say, I don't know, like, ever since I've seen Cold Mountain, and, have you seen Cold Mountain? Mm-mm. Girl. Am and I Jack, missing out? Jack, oh my god, Cold Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Civil war movie, like, it takes place in the Civil War, and it's like a love story. But Renee Zellweger and Nicole Kidman, like, survive Ooh. it on this, like, ranch by themselves in the mountains. Wow. And they have to, like, obey Union soldiers that try to rape them and oh all kinds God. of stuff. It's very interesting. It's really interesting. But it's very good. Anyways, there's this scene, since you haven't seen it. Oh, well, spoiler alert. It's, like, a 20-year-old movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, Every time I think about a fiddle and, like, a criminal associated, I think about the scene where Jack White, he's actually in the movie... And he has two other, like, accomplices, and they're actually good guys, but they're playing the fiddles, and then they get, like, murdered around a fire. And ever since then, that's all I have wow. you know, Like, somebody's going to get murdered, and then you're like, Ma Barker loved to play the fiddle. And I'm like, what is it about weirdos and playing the fiddle? I
0: don't know. It's but like,
1: but then you also think it's like a somber type of...
0: Yeah. Well, what's the girl, the really famous girl who plays violin? And if I wasn't thinking about it, I could totally, Lindsay... like... Yes. Sterling. Yeah. God, she's amazing. If you haven't heard her, look her up. I'm sure you have. She's huge. Huge. But she's amazing on the violin. She plays
1: cool violins too because hers
0: like light up and shit. Yeah. Don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does a lot of cool stuff. So anyways, she was overall a good child, Arizona was, but she was known to have a bit of a temper. And during her childhood, she did witness Jesse James and his gang ride through her hometown and she thought that was absolutely exhilarating. She just loved seeing that action, and she would talk about it all the time. Nothing really too eventful was reported to happen during her teen years, and on September 14, 1892, Arizona married a well-known childhood friend of hers by the name of George E. Barker. <laughs> George was a tenant farmer, which is a farmer who rents the land that he farms on from someone else, Right. and tenant farming was actually really popular in the late 1800s to early 1900s, but it abruptly ended in the 1930s, I'm assuming because of the Great Depression. Yeah, no doubt. George was known to be a nice and soft-spoken man, and shortly after marrying George, Arizona changed her name to Kate Barker, so she no longer goes by Arizona at this point. Okay. She took his last name and changed her first name to Kate, and shortly after they got married, she would also give birth to four sons. Here we go. Herman, the oldest, who was born on October 30th, 1894, then Lloyd, who was born on March 16th, 1896. Arthur, who go- also goes by Doc sometimes, was born on June fourth, eighteen ninety nine, and Fred born December twelfth in either nineteen o one or nineteen o two. While I was doing research, I used multiple sources, and each source had a different birth year for him, so nineteen o one or nineteen o two. Okay. Not long after their youngest son was born, the family would move from Ash Grove to Webb City, Missouri. And during the early years of her son's life, Kate was known to be a good housewife, a good mother to her children. Her only known flaw was that she did quite often engage in some neighborhood gossip. Apparently, Ma liked to spill a little bit of tea here and there, but who doesn't? So the more the Barker sons grew, the more the couple struggled to provide for them. They were living on the line of poverty, and Kate really had dreams for a life of luxury for her and her family. It was something she had talked about often, but that was just impossible on her husband's income and having to raise four-growing boys. As for the Barker brothers, the older they got, the more trouble they would get into, They were starting to have just a little bit of a reputation in the community of being bad kids, but Kate would absolutely disagree. She did not see her sons as troublemakers, and when it was obvious that they would do something wrong or misbehave, she would not discipline them at all. They were like God's gift to the world. She was definitely in denial, and it was said that she would get furious if her husband or someone else tried to discipline them. She wouldn't even let her husband, like, parent these boys. And as the boys grew older into teens and preteens, the more serious trouble that they would get into with things like getting into fights and petty theft. And at this point, the community was really starting to judge the family for the Barker boys' behavior. But Kate would say this on numerous occasions to, like, people in the community and the town. If the good people of this town don't like my boys and the good people know what to do, as in, like, saying just turn the other cheek, pay attention to yourself, don't worry about, like, my kids, worry about your own In 1910, the Barker's oldest son, Herman, got into a little bit more serious trouble involving petty thievery, and this resulted in the local police detaining him to question him for his involvement in the crime. He wasn't arrested. He was just detained. Mm -hmm. And the police just questioning her child made Kate absolutely furious. Even though Herman was never fully arrested, she lost her shit. Kate felt totally victimized and wronged by the community for his little encounter with law enforcement, and she was so upset over this incident with Herman that she eventually moved her whole family out of the state of Missouri to Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1912. Good riddance. So at this point, she's just running away from her problems that her son has caused. Uprooting and moving the whole family to Tulsa, however, did not prevent the Barker boys from getting into trouble. If anything, it just made it worse. The family was still living on the poverty line, and the boys were still acting up, now at this point committing petty crimes. George and Kate eventually did split up in 1915. I was unable to find a solid reason why. Some sources say that he left the family due to his boy's uncontrollable behavior, and other sources say that Kate just kicked him out. into the Barker boys' young adult life, their criminal behavior would just get worse and Kate would never do anything about it that a normal parent would. She would just try to help them out of trouble by either bailing them out of jail or hiding them from law enforcement. So she totally enabled her children. Back to her, like, seeing Jesse James right through her town. She's thinking like, oh, well, maybe my boys are gonna turn out to be that way. So at this point, they were starting to get involved with our first of many gangs. This one in particular being called the Central Park Gang. Many future criminals would come from this group of outlaws, including the Kimes Terrell gang who Herman Barker would spend most of his time with on July 18th, 1918, Arthur Barker was caught for stealing a car on the highway. He was arrested and sentenced to prison in Joplin, Missouri, but he would escape from prison on February 19th, 1920. So they're getting involved with their first gang. Uh, Arthur goes to prison for stealing a car. He escapes. He went by several fake names to skirt around the police, including Claude Dade. Why out of all names would you pick Claude? Couldn't you pick something cool like Flynn (laughs) Ryder? What's up, Tangled? (laughs) So he was arrested again under the name Bob Barker for multiple armed robberies in Oklahoma, which resulted to him being sent to prison at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary, in 1921 for six months so as herman became a member of the kimes terrell gang in the early 1920s they would commit multiple felonies in many states they have been known to rob banks in states such as texas oklahoma and missouri on august 25th 1921 only two months after arthur barker was released from prison for armed robbery he and three other men robbed a lady who was working at a construction site in tulsa However, the foreman did not expect there to be a night watchman at this construction site. And when the watchman opened fire on Arthur and the others, two of the men participating in the robbery opened fire back at the watchman killing him, protecting someone else who was being robbed. That's, that's so sad. And I couldn't find what happened to that lady at all. I don't know if they, like, assaulted her in a way where they didn't want to release that information. Um, but the night watchman, his name was Thomas Sheryls, and his family was rightfully so upset over his death that they hired a private investigator to catch his killers which did lead to Arthur's arrest but he was convicted to a life term at Oklahoma State Penitentiary but he always would claim that he did not participate in the shooting he would say he wasn't one of those that fired shots at Thomas and his pleas of innocence must have worked and paid off because he was paroled 10 years later So 1921 was a very busy year for the Barker brothers because just before Arthur's arrest for the Watchman's murder, his brother Lloyd would also be sentenced to prison. However, he was not as lucky with his sentence time. On June 17th, 1921, Lloyd Barker attempted an armed robbery at a post office in Baxter Springs, Kansas, which at the time and still today is a huge no-no. Like never even think about robbing a post office ever. (laughs) It's a federal offense. Yeah. So, even though multiple robberies of his were successful, he did not succeed in robbing this post office. Lloyd was arrested and sentenced to 25 years in federal prison at the United States Penitentiary in Leavenworth, Kansas. Hmm. Lloyd would be the only Barker brother to turn his life around after prison, but that doesn't mean his death was any less brutal than his brother's. Oh, God. What brutal deaths am I speaking of? Okay, well, let's start out with the oldest brother. On April 29, 1927, in a robbery gone wrong in Newton, Kansas, Herman shot and killed Deputy Sheriff Arthur E. Osborne and patrolman Joseph E. Marshall. Mm -hmm. Now, Herman killing them during this robbery resulted in a deadly highway chase where Herman himself was wounded by gunshot. The exact details of this crime have been lost to time. It's undetermined if his injuries were caused the robbery gone wrong like during a shootout there or if it was like on the road during the highway chase Mm -hmm. but he had sustained serious wounds as he was fleeing the crime scene the police who were trying to put a stop to him um came up with a plan and decided to set up like a roadblock like you know any highway chase movie you see yeah that's pretty much what they did Mm -hmm. but before herman reached that roadblock he turned his gun on himself Taking his own life rather than being charged for the double homicide he had just committed. Yep. Personally, I think him deciding to kill himself was an easy way out. It took away the punishment he deserved to face. Absolutely. Herman was the first, but not the last, of the Barker boys to die from gunshot, and he was just 33 years old when he committed suicide. Mm. Kate was absolutely devastated over Herman's death, and it was reported that after he died, she would only fight harder for her children when each one of them would end up arrested. So still enabling them. Mm-hmm. She would do anything she could to help them out of jail or hide them when they were on the run from law enforcement, even though she was still extremely poor at this point. It was reported that from 1928 to 1930, she was living in a dirt floor shack. And per the Tulsa, Oklahoma census, by the end of 1930, she was married to a na- a man named Arthur W. Dunlop, who was described as a jobless drunk man. Well, you'd have to be to be with this psycho
1: ass bitch. <laughs> you think she's gonna get some prestigious lawyer now?
0: She's not. Although if she was smart, she would have dumbass. Not a smart woman. <laughs> so this time period was rough for a lot of Americans. This was the beginning of the Great Depression. So you would think that Herman's actions would teach his brothers somewhat of a lesson that a life of crime is not all fun and games, but absolutely not. The very same year that Herman died, Fred was arrested for burglary and spent the next few years in prison which is where he would meet future gang partner Alvin Carpus. Mm-hmm. So who is Alvin Carpus? He's a Canadian American born on August 10th, 1907, who just like the Barker brothers started a life of crime very early.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By the age of 10, he was involved with bootleggers, which bootlegging is the illegal manufacturing uh, and transport of liquor. Mm-hmm. It was very popular in the early like 1900s. In 1926, he was sent to the State Industrial Reformatory in Hutchinson, Kansas, for an attempted burglary. He eventually escaped from the reformatory. And I, like, have listened to podcasts before, actually from, like, multiple people on reformatories and, like, boys' homes and stuff during that time period, and they are horrible And these boys would be sexually assaulted, spanked. Like, they would just break them down emotionally and, like, turn them into monsters. Oh, my God.
1: Mm -hmm. Because they're suffering from abuse. Yeah.
0: They're not being rehabilitated. Mm -mm. So, after he escaped from the reformatory, he went on a year-long crime spree. And he finally got caught and arrested for stealing a car and was sentenced back to the same reformatory as before. And then he was eventually transferred to the same prison as Fred. And in prison, Fred was known for his charm, for being able to get marijuana, tobacco, and other items you're not supposed to have all incarcerated. Hopin was also known for his creepy smile, which resulted in him being given the nickname Creepy Carpus. <laughs> but Creepy Corpus was also known for being really smart, and some of the members of his future gang would say that he was the true brains behind it. He was like the mastermind behind their gang. Fred and Alvin became quick friends in prison, and when they were both released in 1930, they would live out the rest of their lives committing crimes together all over the United States, with Ma Barker tagging along, Kate Barker. And she would cover for the boys whenever she could, of course. And at this point, she was still doing absolutely anything she could to protect her children, no matter how dangerous they were, even though they were killers. (laughs) They would all commit multiple robberies in Kansas and would soon team up with other local criminals, now officially forming the famous barker carpus Gang, with members including Harvey Bailey, Frank Nash, Fred Gotes, and Dr. Joseph Moran. All these robberies were, of course, accompanied by Kate Barker. In September 1932, when Arthur Barker was paroled from prison for the murder of the Night Watchman, he would join his brothers... In September 1932, when Arthur Barker was paroled from prison for the murder of the Night Watchman, he would join his brother Alvin, becoming an important member of the Barker carpus gang. After his release from his 10 years in prison, people would describe him as a very heavy drinker and a stone-eyed killer. And that was other members of the gang who, like, described him yeah. as this. So once Arthur was out of prison, Ma or Kate's living conditions and life had improved. She now had money from her son's many bank robberies. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's from. <laughs> <laughs> she was now traveling all over the country with her new husband and sons to elude the police for their crimes. And at this point was now a wanted woman. Posters were issued offering $100 for her capture and listed on the posters under her picture would read Old Lady Ari Barker. Wanted old lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Arthur, like his brothers, had committed too many crimes to list, but his most serious crimes included those while participating in the barker Corpus gang. And a few of the gang's most famous, or I guess infamous, crimes were robbing the 3rd Northwestern Bank in Minneapolis. the <laughs>
1: Calm down, Dory.
0: You're forgetting where you're at. You can't speak. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Okay, so robbing. Just keep swimming. (laughs) Just keep swimming. You ain't swimming through Minneapolis. There's no beach. There ain't no beach. It's dry. (sighs) So robbing the third Northwestern bank where two policemen and bystanders were killed. Robbing a payroll at Stockyards National Bank of South St. Paul, where police officer Leo Pavlok was captured and murdered during the robbery. And when this officer was captured, he had surrendered at this point. Like, he had surrendered and said, okay, take all the money that you want. Like, I'm done. I'll let you go. But they still shot him for dead. Right. And then another really famous crime, which put them in sight of the FBI, was the kidnapping of banker Edward G. Burmer and holding him for ransom for $200,000, which this is in, you know, like early 1900s. So getting that much money back then, could you imagine like what that was, what that would be equivalent to today? Well, how much was it again? $200,000 back then. Let
1: me look that up. I'm curious. I always I always love to look at the money. You know what I do when I watch Mad Men? Hmm. Which this was based the show is based in most and mostly the 60s. And they'll say how do you much how much do you make a week? And they'll say $32 and they think that's a lot and I'll look it up and I'm like, "Oh my god, but that's a lot of money today." Yeah. So what year was it? 200000. This
0: was in the 1920s to 1930s.
1: Well, no, this
0: was after, so this was after 1932, because this had happened after Arthur Barker was released. I don't have an exact year. It's really hard to find the exact year for all of this, but it was sometime between 1932 and 42.
1: Okay. I can tell you that's between three and a half to $4 million. Yep.
0: That really puts it into perspective. And that's how they got the FBI really on their trail. Oh yeah. That's a God awful amount of money, especially then. Yep. you you don't just come into that. Oh my God. So all of these were, all of these robberies were successful. And after the incident with the banker, the FBI was really trying to catch the Barkers and they were closing in on them fast, but they were always on the run. (laughs) Stay tuned for part two. So in next week's, in next week's episode, no, we're not doing this by week. We got too much going on, but (laughs) we have have lives. So in our next episode, we're pretty much going to talk about their final crimes how all of their lives ended, and where their lives ended, and what has become of the now haunted building that their lives ended in. Shut up. There's a haunted Haunted building building associated? associated. Yes, there is. No. It's a haunted house.
1: That's my shit.
0: In Oclawaha, Florida. Try saying that five times fast.
1: I can't. I can barely say (laughs) (laughs) Ocala.
0: It's Ocala.
1: (laughs) Ma'am. (laughs)
0: <laughs> apparently it's slow gala slow cala. <laughs> okay i'll post a picture on the instagram okay and don't forget to follow us on instagram like our facebook page follow us on facebook YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our youtube channel yep you can find us at bones and
1: brunch podcast i'm carly i'm shelby see you guys next week woohoo